Right now, we're going to have an interesting conversation about, we've talked about this before, but things have changed quite dramatically. As you know, relations between India and Canada have been, well, incredibly tense for months and months now. They've actually been rocky for longer than that, but they really took a turn this summer. Uh, the Prime Minister in the House of Commons alleging that there was credible evidence showing that the Indian government was involved in the assassination of a Canadian Sikh leader in Surrey this summer. Those allegations got a lot of support last week when the United States indicted an Indian security official in connection with a foiled plot to kill another Canadian citizen, also a U.S. citizen, living in New York. Uh, That indictment presents a lot of evidence, and in some of that evidence there is direct links between the plot and the people in New York and the murder in British Columbia. So what have we learned and how does this change things? We're going to speak with Dr. Rita Tremblay, adjunct and professor emerita at University of Victoria. Doctor, thank you so much for being here today. I do appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Shay. So this U.S. indictment, let's go through the details here. What do we know? It was, it was very similar to what we hear about in Canada, except it was foiled, right? But the same kind of a thing, the assassination of a Sikh separatist. Uh, the indictment basically clearly is uh, uh, against an Indian national. Um, you could call him a criminal gangster uh, named Gupta, uh, who uh, was contacted by an Indian security official, both, again, based in India, yeah. uh, who arranges with Gupta to hire uh, for murder uh, the New York or Canadian as well as the American uh, Sikh national, uh, Sikh citizen, Panun. And so the indictment is against the Indian national who they have extradited from Czechoslovakia, this right. guy. But there is very clear thread that this is the security official in India who basically makes the arrangement for uh, the thwarted attempt on the killing of Panun. So that's very much clear there. Okay. And with regard to Canada, uh, there's only one paragraph which is given in the indictment. It's a 15-page indictment and is very well, very well documented, and in which it basically says that the the Indian security official had the knowledge and the evidence of Nijar killing. And so he informs uh, this, the, the gangster against whom the indictment is that, uh, that we have taken care of him. And so, uh, so that's, that's the linkage which is given there. So we don't have much evidence who did it. We don't have yep. a smoking gun, but we know that there is really credible allegation with regard to India's involvement. That these conversations are happening and that the government absolutely is at least aware of what's happening. Um, What's the response from the Indian government? We know around the Canadian cases, like, that's nonsense. That's ridiculous. How could you even say such a thing? Absolutely. What are they saying about the American indictment? With regard to indictment, they have been very, very cautious. And we have also come to um, uh, to know that Americans have been talking to the Indian government for last six, five or six months. So they started the conversation in May. A uh, CIA person was sent to India. Then, of course, various members of Biden administration go. And Biden himself converses with Modi about this thing. So they've been dealing behind the scenes with regard to this indictment. And so that has been going on. Um, after the indictment, uh, both the approaches of the approaches of both the countries have been very, very cautious. 
And uh, so India openly has come out and said, we take this matter very seriously. Mm. Of course, government, not government of India's policy to do this kind of extrajudicial killing. And we are setting up a investigative committee. And, and the United States says, yes, that's good. We look forward to the results. With regard to Canada, they've been, they are insistent. They are insistent that Canada is grandstanding. There, are no, there is no evidence. And it's, Canada just has given space to anti-India extremists in, uh, in both in Alberta, in Ontario, and in BC. There's a pretty well-defined policy that the Indian government has about Canada. They do not like the way Canada handles this entire situation. In fact, they've repeatedly said they see Canada as something as a safe haven for terrorism, correct? Yes, yes. So they have a, they, they, since 2015, this has become a big issue between the Justin Trudeau's government and Modi government. Uh, Modi government basically wants uh, Justin Trudeau to to punish any uh, separatist uh, who raises slogans against India. And of course, you know, we haven't done that. And, and, and truthfully, because we really need to make sure that our, in our democracy, freedom of speech and expression are, are respected. And uh, so there have been chilly relationships, and chilly relationships begin with the arrival of Justin Trudeau. Uh, Modi government does not like the inclusion of uh, six cabinet members in uh, uh, six cabinet members in, Mo- in uh, Justin Trudeau's uh, government. Basically, all six are identified according mm. to this government as Khalistanis. And so, so that is there. Uh, then, of course, you know, we all know about failed uh, Trudeau trip to India, where there was a one gentleman included in the um, Canadian entourage who actually was connected to an assassination attempt on an Indian minister in Canada. And so, Atwal case. So that really brought really bad press to, to, to Canada. And moreover, at that time, India, one of the chief ministers, the Punjab's chief minister, hands over a list of gangsters, so-called terrorists, who are supposed to be separatists, and extremists to Justin Trudeau and said, take an action. And India says that we have made 21 requests of deportation, ex- extradition, and Canada hasn't done anything. Canada hasn't done anything because India has very draconian um, uh, penal code in which anybody who dissents with the government's opinion is considered seditious, is really basically in prison without a, a proper judicial process. Okay. So that's been our problem that we, we say that there's, there, there are technical issues with your request. Yeah. yeah. And so, so that's been going on. So it's been really, really a chilly relationship. Why do you think it's so different, the response to the Canadian allegations, which is, yeah, it's ridiculous, don't even bring that up, to what the response was with the American allegations which is oh boy goodness we're gonna we're gonna get right to the bottom of this very quickly don't worry why are they handling the two incidents so differently good question because united states and and india have invested a great deal in their partnership over the last few years particularly the biden administration modi with regard to containing china and with regard to a certain pacific strategy so India is a central ally, and India has been also included in all sorts of other major initiatives of the United States. One is called I2U2, which is uh, India, Israel, UAE, and United States. So that's supposed to be a complementary group of economic and trade uh, to Quad. Uh, it just started a new corridor uh, called India Middle East. Um, Europe Economic Corridor, which is a response to the China's Belt Road Initiative. So there's a huge investment. Whereas we in Canada, we've had a very, what I call it, a roller coaster relationship with India. 
We had wonderful relationship till 1965. India was the largest recipient of our aid under Colombo plan. And then our relationship kind of um, become indifferent. Uh, Priya Trudeau government basically looks towards Africa. Then, of course, you know, Canada, who which had supplied reactor, Kandu reactor to India in 1960s. Uh, India exposed a bomb in 1974. So we had 16, uh, almost 16 years of no talk with India. So India was just in the in the bad camp. Yeah. And then just a little bit renewal. And then uh, again, India explodes a bomb, 1998, bad days. And then, of course, Chrétien, uh, Paul Martin and Harper are going to make the relationship go up again on the basis of, um, uh, of, uh, of economic relationship. And Harper actually apologizes for Air India bombing and starts the civil nuclear cooperation agreement again. And then with the Justin Trudeau government, we come back to dark days. So it's been a kind of we have not had a solid foundation of uh, of relationship so india has very little to lose we have very little rate trade with uh, india our trade is about 20 12 uh, sorry about 12 billion dollars as opposed to almost 200 billion dollars of the united states and india trade so you know is india uh, sorry canada sits at the periphery of yeah, that's uh, right. of 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 of, in, uh, of, um, of india so so that's that's what long, my long answer to your no you it's a great answer and i do appreciate it because i mean i think we need to recognize where canada sits on a number of um, global affairs issues we're, we're we're not major players what about okay so that's the international response uh, that modi has to be aware of what about internally does this does this hurt him does this help him what's the stance within india um, to these kinds of allegations Oh, in India, the domestic uh, constituency is all with Modi. They, they love Modi being a strong man, taking on uh, not only Pakistan and China, but now they can take on Canada, and which is where there is a group of people who are about to break up India. You know, so-called break up India. So, so Indian constituency is very, very happy. Um, I don't know whether you follow a bit of Indian politics. There were state elections. The big three major, major states were won by BJP. So. Uh, this kind of muscular foreign policy is used by the government uh, to enhance its domestic image. And, 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 and in, uh, population of India feels very, very comfortable saying that, yes, Modi is doing the strong man, great leader, doing great things for us and bringing us credibility. With regard to our own diasporic population, it's, it's going to be it's a, it's a bit challenging because uh, all six are, uh, you know, I have to tell you, all six are not supporters of Khalistan. I mean, we have a huge sixth diaspora population. It's a very small community which is for really pursues the causes, cause of Khalistan. And so, but it's going to bring both of them together because it's really basically the Sikhs are, um, you know, who see India in terms of uh, against minorities, against both Muslim communities and Sikh community. It is going to just unify them. And, and also we have a large Hindu diaspora too. And so when they see kind of some of the graffitis with the Khalistani groups come out with regard to Hindus and desecration of some of, few of the temples, that upsets them too. And we have huge supporters of Modi in Canada also. Sure. So it's, uh, you know, so there is a potential of a little bit of divisive politics uh, in, in Canadian, Indo-Canadian diaspora. And so we'll have to, our government will have to watch it out and manage our relationship a little bit more carefully. It's interesting. No, so many things at play with this, uh, this issue. Um, Doctor, thank you so much for your time today. I can't thank you enough for being here. I appreciate it.